going to turn to 1 Samuel tonight again. 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. We have a familiar account to you. You learned it at probably the earliest age if you were in Sunday school at all growing up. You know about David and Goliath. It's more than a Sunday school story. It's one of the greatest accounts in the Word of God. It's rich. It's deep. There's more there than meets the eye. So much there. It's more than the Victor, the underdog being the victor. David was no underdog, you should know. David was no underdog. I think sometimes that's how we see it, how it's taught, how it's David. David was never an underdog in the situation. He was never the underdog. He was up and against the enemy, but he was up against an enemy and the power of the God of heaven. From the beginning, he was no match for the giant in his flesh. That's why the armies of Israel were standing, shaking in their boots when they had an army against one. You ever think? They had an army and standing on the run against a giant. He was a big man, no doubt about it. He was a big man. This is a big dude. Not a human, by the way. Goliath was not a human. You need to understand that. So there was literally a supernatural battle going on to begin with because Goliath was no human. I think we view him as just a, a, a guy that had a pituitary issue that got a little big. No, Goliath was no human. Goliath was the offspring of an unholy union between the fallen angelic host and, and, the, and human women. He was no human. Bible says that him and his brothers had six fingers and six toes on every hand. Oh, that's just a genetic default. No, he was no human. Had, had a staff like a weaver's beam and a, and a, and a, and a bed, I forget how many cubits that, that, that it talks about. He was not just a tall guy. He was literally the forces of hell incarnate. David was not just a shepherd boy. This morning I told you by now, if you connect this morning with tonight, by now you know that at this point David had already been anointed king. But he was still keeping sheep. Saul had lost the kingdom, but he was still in office. How about that? 20 years earlier, God had said, today, your kingdom is removed from you. David, Saul had the crown, had the position, but no anointing. David had the anointing, but no position. But he was in a position to fight. He was never an underdog. He was God's man. David was God's man. That's enough. 
If you don't leave anything else tonight, that's what I want you to leave with. If you're God's person, if you're God's man or woman, we've got to say that these days. If you're, if, if you're who God has chosen to put in that position, that's enough. That's enough. It doesn't matter what that position is. If God put you there, asked you to be there, called you to it, and anointed you to do it, that is enough. That's what you really need to leave knowing about David and Goliath, that David and the anointing was enough. Let's look through now we've turned the page from this morning and now we know that there was a champion that come out from Gath named Goliath. And we know that it says that, they were on, that the armies of the Philistines were on one side of the valley, the armies of Israel were on the other side of the valley. It says that they were, he was making threatenings across the valley to, to the armies of Israel. He was cursing God and defying everything that was right in the sight of God. He was roaring across the way. It even says that they, were <coughs> that they were lined in an array, which means literally that they were lined up for battle. But they would scatter because of the threatenings. David comes down. He tells you exactly who he is. It's the same one that Saul sent for two chapters earlier and that said that he brought the donkey laden with the bread and with the wine and with the young goat that come to, to minister to Saul's demons. And then you turn the page and he sent, the, the God asks Samuel, how long will you mourn after Saul? He said, now go down to the house of Jesse and he has some sons, and, and he said, and you're going to anoint one of them king. He said, I'll show you which one it is. You know the account. Marched out one after the other after the other. That's important because three of those boys are fixing to show up again. They got to the end. He said, don't you have any more sons? He said, well, I have one. I want you to listen to me right now. Jesse, from all accounts of the word of God that I can find, Jesse was a godly man and a good man. You can be a godly man and a good man and not understand the things of God. When God calls you to do something that you have to know that you're called, you have to know that you're anointed, you have to know who has called you and how. And it may, your, your daddy may not see it. Your mama may not see it. No one else in your life may not see it. He says, don't you have another son? Any more sons? He said, well, yeah, I do have one. But he's off tending the sheep. It's the baby. It's the runt. It's, it's, it's the little guy. Well, what was David doing down with the sheep? I can tell you what David was doing down with the sheep. He was at Bible college. I'll, tell, I'll explain that in a minute. See, it, didn't look, it, looked like, it looked like just a menial job. It looked like the shepherd, it was the lowest of the low. It was the entry-level position, but what it was, really, was God was preparing David for everything that he would ever need while he was watching over sheep, while he was being dismissed by the world, while, and that while nobody saw what was in him, his father didn't even send for him when the prophet came. But you know who David was? I can tell you who David was. David was the king. Daddy didn't know it, Samuel didn't know it, David didn't know it, nobody knew it, but I can tell you who did. God knew who the king was. David was the king, 
And God didn't need anybody's permission for that to be so. You know where David was? He was where he was supposed to be. Well, we talked about that this morning. About, about being obedient, being and serving, and being where you're supposed to be. David, you know why David was off tending the sheep? Because that's where David was supposed to be. It was God's plan for David. You may not understand God's plan for your life, but I'm going to tell you, if you're, if you're seeking after him, if you're seeking after him, if you're in his word, if you've got a prayer life, if you are seeking, I have never yet seen anyone miss the will of God that was searching for the will of God. If you're walking in obedience to the word, if, you're, if, you're, if your heart is turned towards the things of God and you want to please God, I've never seen anyone miss God yet that had a heart after God, that wanted what God wanted for their life. I've never seen it yet. They may not understand it. I've been in a position for years where I didn't understand where I was at in life knowing that there was a calling and an anointing for God, but I didn't understand where I was at. The best place you can be is where God puts you until he moves you somewhere else. And you don't have to understand it. I always try to tell you that over and over. You don't have to understand it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And guess what he will do? And he will direct your path. David was in Bible school on, uh, tending some sheep. And now we find that he comes and Samuel anoints him king. And everybody goes back minding their own business. That's what I see. David went back. You see, he could have went to the palace and knocked on the door and said, Saul, you're out. See, that's what happens sometimes. You get ahead of God. Sometimes you can know you're called, know you're anointed, and you go make a demand on a position that God hasn't opened for you. That's not what David done. The next time I find David, he was doing what he was doing before he was anointed. He went back to doing, he, well, he went back to Bible college. That's where he went, learning how to serve God. I'm going to prove that here in just a minute. So now you've got Goliath. He's on the scene. All of Israel's armies is being defied and cursed by a heathen, a demon-inspired, demon-spawn, literally demon-spawn, Literally and standing against the armies of God. And David comes and so we see Jesse say, hey David, I got some cheese, that's what it says. I got some cheese and some parched corn. Your brothers are down there where the battle's going on. They're probably hungry. Why don't you leave the sheep and run down there and take them some lunch? And they get down there and when he's coming up on the scene, David hears what Goliath is saying to the armies of Israel. That's what happens, because in verse 17, it says, in, verse, in, in chapter 17, verse 22, it says, and David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army. They see, he's already an amazing guy. Other people are running by now, running away from him. David's running too, already. He ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. It says that means he greeted them. And as he talked with them, behold, there came the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, and out of the armies of the Philistines and spoke according to the same words 
And guess what it says? It says, and David heard them. Holy Spirit put that in there. See, Goliath has already been doing all this threatening. The armies have already been lined up. They've already shaken in their boots. And But when David gets there, Goliath comes out again and makes the same threat. And the Bible says this time, David heard him. That's important. That David heard it. Because see, if David heard it, if David hadn't heard it, David would have never responded. Oh, I need to tell somebody that you're responsible for what you know. You're responsible for what you've heard. You're responsible for what God allows you to hear and allows you to see. You're responsible for the knowledge that, he, that, that you witness. Because see, if David hadn't heard it, you ain't understanding. David's anointed by now, but David's still a keeper of the sheep. David's just on the air and bringing them lunch. But when he got down there, David heard Goliath. And when David heard Goliath, that changed everything. I, don't, I need somebody in this house to hear me tonight. Somebody that's watching later hear me tonight. You're a David in your heart. You think you're a nobody because you're still just tending sheep. You think you're a nobody because you're still just running errands. You think you're a nobody. But, when it, but God has put something in you that man can't give you. If he gave you courage, if he gave you, if he gave you, if he gave you a backbone that'll stand, if he gave you, if he's equipping you, he puts you in a place where you can learn everything you need so when the time comes that you're ready to deliver. And I'm going to tell you that he came out and David heard Goliath. And when he heard it, it changed everything. Somebody needs to hear it because you don't think you're anything. There's Davids that God has called you. He has anointed you. You don't understand where you're at. You don't understand how you're going to get there. But God has put something inside of you. And when it comes to time for you to hear what God needs you to hear, it will cause something to rise up inside of you that you, that you never felt or heard or knew before. But when it rises up, it'll change who you are. And it'll change how everybody views you. You won't have to do it. You don't have to invent the situation. God knows what he's doing. David heard him. And when David heard it, all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that has come up? That's what people will do to you. Because you'll start, something will start rising up on you and they'll say, are you crazy? I, it's not there in English, but it's there in, in some language. The men of Israel said, have you seen this guy come up? What they were saying is, man, are you nuts? Have you seen Goliath? surely to defy Israel he has come up and it should be and the man who, who kills him the king will enrich him with his great riches and they will give him his daughter and make his father's house free that's tax free that's a tax break 
I'm not kidding. That's what it means. No more taxes for you. So Saul was a Democrat and giving away stuff. I shouldn't have said that. I have to take it out later. Well, that's what he was trying to do. Can I, can I tell you something? And I'm not even kidding a bit. Enemy's playbook hasn't changed one iota. See, they needed God's man. But the man that was supposed to be God's man was bribing people with free stuff to come do what he was called to do. He was counting on, he was trying to call the people together to do what, hey, if you, I'll give you my daughter, I'll give you a tax-free life, I will enrich you if you will come to do what I was called to do. You know, that's exactly what Saul was saying. If you come do, for, it's the king. Head and shoulders above else, the handsome one. The one with the army. Come do what I was called to do and, I'll, and I will enrich you. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It was never in him. Saul never had it. He lost it 20 years before. He had nothing to offer. Much the same as today. Nothing's changed. And, do, and that says, see, David heard earlier. Now in verse 26, it says, and David spoke. I'm glad David heard before David opened his mouth. David heard what's going on. He heard from Goliath making the threat. He's heard from the men of Israel now that are scared to do anything about it. And now David spoke to the men that stood by him saying, what shall be done with this man that kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That's important because David was making a point right here that you probably just missed. David was telling the children of Israel, we are people of the covenant. God is on our side. You've got one man who is outside of God. He is a dog. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this one man that is outside of the covenant to defy the armies of the living God? What? He was saying, what in the world is wrong with you people? David spoke. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? And the people answered him after this manner, saying, so shall it be done to this man that kills him. They hadn't changed their mind yet. Then you got one of them brothers that shows up. There's always one. After this point, you got, you, he's just a guy down there that's, uh, that's shaking in the line with everybody else. You got to understand that the three brothers are part of the army that's scared of Goliath. Do you understand that? They, they, this is three people that haven't done anything. There's nothing like people that's never done anything challenging the person that's willing to do something. I've always noticed that the biggest challenges come from people who's never done anything. And I'm going to tell you, somebody that God's called and somebody that's anointed and been appointed does not have to listen to the people who have never done anything. Eliab, the oldest brother, heard when he spoke of the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. What has Eliab done? Nothing. 
And he said, why come down you here? You've got to, you've got to read the way this thing happened. How many of you ever had a sibling? Eliab says, why have you come down here? And with whom have you left? He didn't say that. Who'd you leave dad's sheep with? That's not even what he said. He's a condescending jerk. He said, with whom did you, have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? He is cutting him down. He is belittling him. The man that is a coward, that has done nothing, that has an army to stand with him and still can't take on the enemy. That hasn't said a word. That has let, uh, uh, that has let an uncircumcised dog curse his God without a word. But now, you know what's about to happen by now, they're starting to get a little shaken that this boy is going to come down here and pull off something that's going to make everybody look bad. Because I want to say, how can you? Oh, that's an assumption. It's a good one. Because, because Eliab knows a little something about his little brother that the rest of them don't know, but David's about to explain it. But he knows it. Do you know that he knows it? When I tell you in a minute, what, when, when David starts giving his credentials, starts reading off his resume, his brother knew the resume. He said, who you, who you left those sheep with? I know your pride and the naughtiness of your heart. Oh, now it's pride. You a coward. He's standing up for the one and true God. And now David's full of pride. Interesting. For whom have you come down that you might see the battle? And David said, What have I done? And I love the next line. I would say it to the church world today. I'd say it to the pulpits today. It rings through the ages still today. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? He said, come on, guys. What in the world is wrong with you? Is there not a cause? I think maybe David was willing to die. And he turned from them toward another and spoke in the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. You understand what she just said? He's, he's asked them again. This is the third time. He heard what they had to say and how it was going to, and he turned around and said, who is, who is this man to defy the armies of God? He answered, he said, and they answered in the same manner. Whoever kills him gets the king's daughter and the riches. He, now he said to his brothers, what in the world's wrong with you? Is there not a cause? He asked them again, got the same answer. They're still in the same place. And when the words were heard, which David spoke, they rehearsed them before Saul. Let me put that into modern English. They ran to Saul and tattled. Everybody loves a tattletale. Tattletale, tattletale, hanging on a bull's tail. Yeah. 
Some people still remember that. I was from Paris, and right up the road was Dardanelle, Arkansas. So we said, tattletale, tattletale, hanging on a bull's tail all the way to Dardanelle. They rehearsed him before Saul, and Saul sent for him. And David said to Saul, this is the king, let no man's heart fail them because of him. Did you hear what David said to the king? This is the lowly shepherd boy that came to bring a sandwich. Now he's standing before the king of Israel. Because somebody went and ran and told Saul what he had to say, and David said to Saul, see, when you got God on your side and you know you're right, you don't have to back down to nobody. Somebody needs to hear me. God's called you. He's put what's in you. You got the word in you. You got the prayer life in you. You've heard from God. You don't have to back down from anybody. When you've been thrown into the battle, you weren't looking for a fight, but now you're thrown in. Y'all didn't know all this was in there, did you? Your servant will go. He said, let, let no one's heart fail because of him. Did you hear, do you hear, the, did you hear the difference in tone from David to the other people? He said, are you kidding me? He said, I will go down and fight this Philistine. I think David's, what, 14, 15 years old right here? And Saul said to David, you're not able to go down and fight against this Philistine. You're just a youth. He said, and he, he, said, and he, he said, I'm a man of war for my youth. He's saying, I couldn't beat him. I, you know, let me tell you what Saul's saying. He's saying, I ain't fighting him. If I ain't fighting him, I, I'm a big guy. I'm a warrior. If I ain't fighting him, you can't fight him. See, that's what people that don't have the anointing and call of God on their life will do to you. They'll, they, they'll put you down and back you out just to, preserve their, just to preserve their image. Do you know that that's what'll happen? That just, that's just to save face. And I have to tell you, I know that's true because I know what Saul did later. I'll just skip way ahead. It's not even in tonight's thing and tell you that Saul had a problem with David after he killed Goliath because, see, they celebrated Saul forever, but now when they, when they came to town, the women's was singing in the street, Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his ten thousands. That didn't sit well. Saul cared. And David said to Saul, your servant kept his father's sheep. Hey, by the way, did you notice what David's still saying? David has still never yet stepped out of line. David has never yet, you know, they accused him of having being full of pride. David has never yet showed any sign that that was true. David still yet knew who he was, knew who, knew who he served, knew what he was supposed to do, and knew he was a man under authority. He said, and David said to Saul, your servant kept his father's sheep. Oh, and here comes his resume. I told you he was in Bible school whenever Samuel came visiting. He said, and there came a lion. By the way, them two older brothers knew this. There came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him. How many's ever met up with a bear and you went after him? 
Hey, I'm asking you. If you had a whole herd of sheep and a, bed, and a lion got hold of it and took one of your sheep, you'd be going, well, down, down a sheep. That's a lion. That ain't what David did. He said, a, lion, a bear and a lion came down and took one of the lambs out of, our, of my father's flock. He said, and I went after him. He said, and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and I smote him and I slew him. Bam! said, I smote him. And I killed him. I didn't teach y'all how to read. And your servant, listen to what he's still saying, and your servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. If I kill the lion and I kill the bear, I'm going to kill this giant the same way. And if he was me, he'd have said, period. End of story. I don't hear any doubt. God puts in you what you know. When you, when you know what God's put in you, you ought to stand up. You ought to do what you're called to do. Against the naysayers, against the one when they're trying to belittle you, they're, God has never assigned anyone to belittle you. I can tell you that right now. You need to understand that where, where the fight's coming from. If they're putting you down, if they're belittling you, if they're making you feel small. I know preachers that love to make people feel small. And I'm going to tell you, God didn't put that in them. You ain't hearing me. A man of God will build you up. He will recognize the gifts that are in you. He will, he will know that whatever stage you're in, if God's equipping you, that you'll be able to do what you've been set to do. And he will never look down his long, holy nose at you and because he's accomplished more and lived longer than you have and put you down for the little thing that you're about to do that he wasn't willing to. I'm talking to somebody tonight that needs to know that you're called. The reason we're talking about it tonight, the reason we're preaching it is somebody here needs to know that the God who called you know what's, knows what is in you because he put it there. And he don't need anybody else's permission for you to use it. And David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he, I'm going to tell you right now, David knew that it wasn't his expert marksmanship that delivered him from the paw of the lion. It wasn't his muscles and his ability to fight and grab it by its beard and smote it and slew it. He knew that that didn't come from him because he said, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. Who delivered him out? He knew that he was no match for a lion. He knew he was no match for a bear, and he knows that he's no match for Goliath. In yourself, you're no match for the attack of the enemy. You're not. In yourself, you are no match for the enemy. But we sang it earlier, but thank God that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. David was never an underdog because David knew where his strength came from. David knew if God didn't do it, it wasn't going to happen. The God that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear, he will deliver me 
out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said, David, go, and the Lord be with you. God bless you, boy. Saul didn't believe it. I know God didn't believe it because now Saul's going to go get his armor and try to get him to wear it. Not by might. Not by power. I'm going to tell you, you're never going to be able to walk in somebody else's anointing. So just stop trying it. Whoever your spiritual hero is, they can mentor you. They can, you can model after them. You can learn from them. But you're never going to be able to wear their armor. You're never going to be able to wear their helmet. You're never going to be able to carry their sword. You're never going to be able to carry their shield because it's their armor, it's their shield, it's their helmet, it's their sword. He will never call you to carry somebody else's weapons to win your spiritual battle. Well, I lie, God. Pastor, I don't have anything. I can't, I can't. I can't speak like you. I can't administrate like Katrina. I, 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 can't, I can't run a ranger program like Cody. I can't, I can't run a security team like, like Chad. That's good because God didn't call you to do any of that. Don't insult what God put in you. Don't you dare insult God's way of equipping you. Somebody ain't hearing me. Whenever you start putting down, you, you, you think it's, you're being humble or maybe you think that you just got a self-esteem problem. What you got really got a problem is that you're not believing what, what God has for you and what he's called you to do and how he's equipped you. You wanted him to do it another way. He didn't go to the Roman gladiator school. He protected sheep from a lion and a bear, knowing that his strength come from God. His ability to fight, he was no match for any of it. You need to understand you're no match for any of it in yourself. Somebody's not hearing me tonight. God calls you to it. He is not checking your, your, your gym membership or your checking account, or your, or your resume, or your, or your educational background. A man's gifts make room for him and bring him before great men. You need to hear that. Somebody needs to hear that. Somebody needs to hear that. Quit, let me say it a different way. Quit being rebellious against what God's called you to do, saying I can't because I don't have this, saying I can't because I don't do it that way, saying I can't because I don't do it this way, saying I can't because I don't have the talent, saying I can't because I don't have the education, saying I can't because I don't have the resume. God didn't ask you any of that. He just asked you to do what he told you to do. Boy, I wish somebody would get a hold of that. He didn't ask you to do any of that. If he needed you to do any of the other things, he'd have put you through that school. David girded up the sword on his armor and he was ready to go, and he had, but he had not proven it. He said, I can't use this stuff. I, I noticed that he still gave it a try because he was still trying to, to uh, please the king. He said, but I can't use this stuff. I haven't proven it. I don't know what I'm doing. And he said to Saul, I can't go with this for I have not proved them. And David put them off. And he took the staff in his hand. And, the and he chose five smooth stones from out of the brook. And he put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had 
even in a money, and, he sl and the sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. I want you to notice something in that verse. Did you notice something in that verse? When David show up just to deliver a sandwich, he had everything on him that he was going to need when he got there. Did you catch that? He said, yeah, he took the, 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 the staff that was in his hand. Well, why wouldn't a shepherd have a staff? Why wouldn't he have a shepherd back? He's a shepherd. Only thing I see that he picked up, he said, well, these, I, don't have, I don't like to carry my rocks around with me. They get a little heavy, but these look really good here, these five smooth stones. I'll put them in my bag. Y'all ain't hear me. It wasn't fancy. It didn't look like much. Somebody hear me tonight? But everything he needed, God was already on him. Because he was where he was supposed to be when he was supposed to be there doing what he was supposed to do the whole time. If you're where you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to do, going where you're supposed to go, chances are you're going to have what you need with God. Because the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And he drew near the Philistine. David went to the fight. And the Philistine came on and drew near to David. And the man bore a shield, went before him. And the Philistine looked about and said, and saw David. And he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and fair in countenance. Oh, they ain't nothing like when your enemy underestimates you. Do you know that there, in, there is no better position you can be in I hate to kill the spirit, but, well, it'd probably help around here. Calvin's not here. I, I suspect that all those LSU, all those Aggie fans are really glad that LSU Tigers underestimated a mediocre at best Aggie team. <laughs> right? How, don't you think that probably worked to their favor? Y'all ain't hear me. It's a really good position if you're going to be in a fight than for the one you're going to fight to underestimate your ability to, to perform. And the Philistines said to David, am I a dog that you would send me with staves? He said, are you coming at me with a stick? That's what it means. Remember, he's got a staff in his hand. He said, what am I, a dog? <laughs> that you would come with me with a stick? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. He's still gonna be roaring, he's still gonna be, that enemy's still gonna be mouthing you, just like your older brothers did, just like the people that, just like the king that was supposed to handle this situation did. Ain't nobody said, David, you're a champion, you can do it. Have you noticed that? Nobody has discovered the champion in them. 
I can't find where anybody's living their best life now. Nobody's rah-rah cheering to the crowd saying, you're a, you're, a you're a victor, not a victim. Oh yeah, I'm going there. It's not going to sell a million copies in the next book. Nobody's bragging on, have you noticed, nobody's bragging on David. David's just having to go out knowing what's in him. You're, listen to me, you're going to just have to know who your God is and what he's put in you. You're just going to have to know. Because mama may not be there to encourage you, and if she was there, she might not. She'd probably be going, oh, my baby, what is wrong with you? Get over here. You can't do that. Are you kidding me? I know somebody's got to, but you don't have to be the hero. You know what happens about now? Something kicks in in David. It's already kicked in, but now it's kicked up another notch. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, because you know, he's a warrior. A spear, a shield, but, I love conjunctions, you know that. He said, you come to me with a sword, a shield, a spear, but. See, but's that conjunction that connects two thoughts, but turns the sentence around. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. He didn't say this day I'm going to show off my skills. He didn't say this day all the army is going to come back me up. They're going to suddenly get courage and come out behind me. He didn't say this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will smite you and will take your head from you and I will give your carcasses to the host of the Philistines this day, to the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that the earth may know that David's a cool guy. And it's called, and it's going to get a book deal and a movie contract. And he's going to be a celebrity preacher that drives a Lamborghini. No. This day that all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. And all of the assembly shall know that the Lord saves not by sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew near and met David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put in his hand, hid his hand in his bag and took there a stone and he slung it and smote the Philistine in the forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell to his face on the earth. 
And David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. And therefore David ran again and stood on, on the Philistine. He stood on him. Nah! And drew the, the sheath, the sword, and drew the sheath, therefore, and slew him and cut his head off. Therewith, and when Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. And all the men of Judah and Israel arose and shouted. Oh, now they got courage. Oh, now, now, now their champion is dead. Now the army stood up and shouted and ran after the Philistines until they came to the valley and the, ga and the gates and they wounded the Philistines, fell by the side, even Gath. There's nobody going to celebrate with you sometimes until you, until you and God have done one. And then they're going to run in and act like they were up. That's exactly how I'd have done it. I've met that guy. That's exactly how I'd have done it. I saw that back when you were shaking in your boots. I saw, I saw your plan. Yeah? Listen to me. God hadn't changed. And his ways haven't changed. And whatever he's called you to do, he'll go with you. And you don't have to do it like somebody else. In fact, you don't know how. You can't. I don't know how to be anybody else, and neither do you. But he don't need you to be anybody else. He don't need you to be trained like anybody. He don't need you to have anybody else's knowledge. He don't need you to have anybody else's tool. He don't need you to have anybody else's battle plan. What he needs you to do is to stand with God and walk in obedience and the things that, he's, that you have been through in your life. Can I, can I park there just a second? Because I'm going to tell you, I doubt that it was a good day when he goes out to keep his father's sheep and there was a lion. I doubt he was excited about that. You ain't hear me. What I'm telling you is it was a bad day. When he was out and there's a, there's a bear that's, that's out there again. Oh, man. How many of you know that when he went home, how was your day? It was terrible. What do you mean it was terrible? You wouldn't believe what happened. I got there and there was a lion. A lion? He said, man, you're lying. He says, no, it was a lion. Sure it wasn't a cheetah? He said, I'd never cheat. It was a lion. Y'all ain't hearing me. What I'm saying is we view this through the lens of knowing the story and not ever understanding that it was a bad day, the day that he went out and had to take on a lion. He wasn't trying to build a resume. It was a bad day when there was, whenever he had to defend against a bear and go get it. But God took his bad days. He'll take your bad days. 
your bad week, your bad year, your bad month, your bad decade that you thought was going to destroy you, but it didn't. Somebody needs to get hold of something. He'll take that mess you made that he walked you through when he didn't have to. And when you least expected, what you gained in that terrible experience will be what you stand on in your victory and and that everybody has to sit and watch that God can work through you. Somebody needs to hear me tonight. Davids are in the room. Y'all don't believe that. The day that we realize that God has called us, appointed us, and anointed us, if we'll walk in it, is the day that the enemy can no longer roar and we will begin to win the battles. And you're not going to have to go out and get stuff that you don't understand. It may be, it may be five rocks and a slingshot. But he'll use it. And he'll use you. Everything changed for David that day. Everything changed for Saul that day. But everything changed for David that day. But I'll tell you what happened. David stayed humble. Before he got there, he stayed humble. After that day, see, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He'll exalt you in due season. David done it right, and we celebrate his name today. David done it right, and the Savior of the world come through his bloodline. David done it right, and the God that was looking for a man after God's own heart found him in David. It was nothing fancy. It was just David walking with God. That's it. Church, we make it so complicated and make it such a big deal. When God, God can, I'll tell you who God can use to the, to the greatest heights and accomplish the greatest work is when he finds somebody that will just walk with him and will use what's in their hand to his glory. It's not looking for another way. And it's not making excuses for what they don't have. David could have said, I don't have an AR-15. All I got is a rod, a slingshot, and five stones I picked up. Because that's all he needed. That's all he needed. When we realize what's in us. See, it's not, it's not us, it's what's in us. It's not us, it's who, it's who called us. It's not us. David, David, the whole time, said, God delivered me from the hand of the bear. God delivered me from the hand of the lion. And God will deliver him, us from the hand of this Philistine. Stand with me all over this place.